0: So the theme of the day is temptation, and in a minute here we're going to read where Satan came to tempt Jesus, but first got a question here for you. What image comes to mind when you hear about the devil or Satan, or what do you think people most think of? So I have a picture up here. Do you think of this? Cute little devil with horns and pitchfork and pointy tail. You know how those cartoons are with that guy on one side and then that little cute angel on the other side getting, you know, to decide between good and bad. Well, it seems like that's kind of the way our society and culture nowadays treats Satan or, you know, the devil. We call him the devil, we call him Satan, the father of lies. And so there's even a TV show called Lucifer. And let me read you the description about Lucifer here. Lucifer is bored from his sulking life in hell, comes to live in L.A., surprise. While there, he helps humanity with its miseries through his experience and telepathic abilities to bring people's deepest desires and thoughts out of them. Lucifer even becomes an LAPD consultant who tries to punish people for their crimes through law and justice. Wow, you know, he's Satan sounds pretty good there. He's helping out. There's a guy by the name of George Barney. He does a lot of research and polls within the Christian church, you know, specifically in America. And one of the polls that he did uh, during the pandemic in 2020, just to get where people kind of were at, here's some of the, the stats that they found. So this is what, exactly Americans believe about God and stuff. It found that roughly half, 51%, of American adults have a traditional biblical view of God as the all-powerful, all-knowing creator. So 29 years before that, the number was 73%. So we're down to just over half of the people in America believe that God and the biblical view. Now, let's go on to here. Of those who believe in Jesus, more say he sinned than didn't. 44 to 41%. Now, see, I don't understand how you can be a Christian and think Jesus sinned. It doesn't make sense. Because if Jesus sinned, we're all wasting our time. But more people believe That Jesus sinned. And more people believe in Satan than believe in God. 56%. And the quote here is, Tens of millions of Americans consider themselves to be Christian, but do not believe that God is really in control or cares what happens to them. That's really sad, isn't it? of what's going on specifically in our country here in America. I wanted to read to you something from 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. It says this, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. You see, Scripture's very clear. Satan is real. And let's go off of that now into the temptation of Jesus here in Matthew chapter 4. We are now in the season of Lent already. And so this is the the passage we are going to start out with as we drive on to Holy Week and of course then to Easter. But let's look at Matthew chapter 4. I've broken this down verses 1 and 2. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. So first thing, it says that the Spirit led Jesus, the Holy Spirit, of course, here. Where is he being led from? Well, Jesus had just been baptized by John the Baptist. And this is where now Jesus is going to go. And so I have a couple pictures here of when we were in Israel, we got to see these things. So Sarah and Oliver got to see these. This is the Jordan River. And on the left-hand side of the picture is the Israel side, and the right-hand side there is Jordan. And this is the general area where Jesus would have been baptized by John the Baptist. And so from there, the Spirit led Jesus into this next picture here. And this is the wilderness. They call this the, the Wadi Celt. And these big ravines there are that, like a ditch there in the middle, is, is a Wadi. And they fill up with, with water when it does rain, which isn't much. But this is where Jesus would have been hanging out for 40 days and 40 nights, fasting, preparing for his ministry. So there is a reason for this. There's a purpose, just like every single thing that Jesus did. Into the wilderness, it says, for 40 days. So this 40 days should help us think of when the children of Israel were in the wilderness for 40 years, wandering around. You see in the Old Testament, The children of Israel were referred to as God's sons, small s. This was his people, his nation. But they failed the test in the wilderness. Because as we know, we have lots of events in our Old Testament talking about it. They failed time and time again, grumbling, complaining, whining. But they failed the test. And as we heard in Genesis 3, Adam and Eve also failed the test. But as we see, God's son now is coming to redo this test. And on your sheets, the first thing, Jesus is going to pass this test that Adam and Eve and the children of Israel, and I don't have it on there, but go ahead and add it, and us could not And this is what it's all about. So let's go on. Verses 3 and 4 in chapter 4. And the tempter came and said to Jesus, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So what are we learning here? Adam and Eve were tempted with food and failed. The children of Israel in the wilderness were tempted with food and failed. You see, but in both of those cases, God had supplied Adam and Eve and supplied the children of Israel with more than they needed. And yet they still wanted more. The children of Israelites even wanted the food back in Egypt where they were slaves. Imagine that. They're with God now. They've seen God do amazing things, and now they're wanting to go back to Egypt because they had better steaks. They didn't like what God was providing them. It wasn't enough. And so now we see Satan doing the same thing with Jesus, tempting him with food. Jesus has been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. He's hungry because remember, and don't ever forget, Jesus is 100% man and 100% God at the same time. And so Jesus was hungry. And notice when Satan comes to tempt him. After the 40 days, when Jesus is at his weakest. So when do you think Satan wants to come and mess with you? When you are at your weakest, when I'm at my weakest, Satan wants to come and mess with you big time because you're weak. And he knows he can get you to slip up. And, and the thing here to learn about Satan's temptations is they're not always obvious. It's not like Satan's coming and saying, reject Jesus and follow me. He's not just going to come out and say that. He's going to try to break down barriers little by little. And that's the second thing there. Satan's temptations are very subtle. I think we can see that in the world around us. Just watching TV, movies, advertisements, social media. Satan's very subtle. He wants to work on us little by little. It may start with food, but then it just keeps piling on. He's very subtle. And of course, we see here, Jesus did not fall for it. And Jesus responded with scripture. And the scripture he responds with is from Exodus, when the Israelites were in the wilderness. What God told them is what now he's telling Satan. And so, I feel like, Satan's temptation was a little like this you know I kind of put this in my own words you know Jesus what kind of a son are you going to be you see Satan was acknowledging that Jesus was the son of God see he knows that Jesus is the son of God and so he's acknowledging that what kind of son are you going to be Jesus if you really are God's son how could the father let you go without food for so long If he really cares about you, why would he let you suffer like this? Notice he does the exact same kinds of things with us to get the question. So let's go on to the second temptation here. Verses 5 through 7. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to Jesus, if you are the Son of God, again he's starting out with, If you are really the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. So an interesting thing here about about Satan. Satan knows scripture. Now if you look that passage up in the Old Testament that he quotes... From Psalms, he leaves a chunk of it out. See, Satan likes to tempt by twisting God's word, which is the next point on your sheets. And again, Jesus responds with, with Scripture to his next temptation, quoting Moses' warning to the people in the wilderness about how they should not test God as we should not test God, and that's exactly what Satan's doing here, twisting God's word and testing him. So a couple questions for you to ponder, especially during this Lenten season. How does Satan work on you? What does he whisper in your ear? You know, he likes to use the same tact that he used all the way back in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve when he said the words, Did God actually say? Getting you to think about it. So did God actually say you aren't supposed to ever gossip? It certainly is okay to do it a little, right? Did God actually say you shouldn't have any other gods? Or he certainly wasn't talking about Your job, or your money, or your status, or your favorite sports team, or your kids, or your family. He certainly isn't talking about that, Christian. Or maybe it sounds like, did God actually say Jesus' death on the cross? Was that really enough, Christian? I think that you need to do some things to add to what Jesus did for you. you got to do some more good works. And so Satan likes to use that same tact with each and every one of us every single day. Remember, he's prowling, prowling around like a roaring lion. Let's go on to the third temptation. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to Jesus, all these I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to Jesus, and bringing him food, and taking care of Jesus, because he's weak. And so Satan, with all of his guts, thinks he can give all of the kingdoms of the world to Jesus as if he has that power to do so. But see, it's almost like he's saying to Jesus, Jesus, you don't have to go through all that stuff that the Father wants you to go through. You can just have all this stuff right now. You know, you are the Son of God, after all. And again, you know, Jesus shuts him down. You see, Satan is trying to do anything, to divert, distract Jesus from accomplishing his mission, his purpose. He came to earth that first Christmas as a baby, conceived by the Holy Spirit, he is God, he is human, born, grows up, baptized in the Jordan River, driven into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, tempted by Satan, passes the test with flying colors, continues to minister for three years, and then takes all of our sins to the cross. And Satan doesn't want him to do that. He wants to take as many of us down with him. And so Satan tempts you to question God's plan for you. He wants you to question it. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, our identity and our purpose Jesus gave us that. Remember, our identity is in our baptism, which we just witnessed a few moments ago. You are a child of God. You are redeemed. You have been washed clean by Jesus Christ. And our purpose is to go be the salt, be the light. And that's our purpose. Jesus has given us an identity and a purpose. Don't ever forget that. Satan's going to try to get you to question and get you to feel bad about yourself. There's no purpose for me. How could anybody like me or love me? How could I do anything good in this world? But that's not it. Jesus loves us more than that. And Jesus was and is very secure in his identity and purpose. And Satan would And could not deter Jesus. And in scripture we get that verse where Jesus had set his face like flint on Jerusalem. At one point in his ministry where there was nothing that was going to deter him from going to Jerusalem. To go through all that torture and that punishment. Shedding a lot of blood. Because he had to do it. For you and see it's easy to make this event of Jesus's temptation about us you know like a how-to manual on how to defeat Satan's temptations it is true we should respond with scripture like Jesus did but we succumb to temptations a lot don't we or am I the only one that's going to admit that I admit it I screw up all the time no this event is about Jesus Because he did pass the test and took all of our sins. And I have this picture on the screen. Could you imagine? I've said this before, I believe. If we took all the sins of everybody sitting here, and I've seen some people that are here. I'm kidding. (laughs) And we pile them all up and put them on Jesus. How many sins that would be? Now take every single person that's ever lived and will live and pile all those sins on Jesus. And that's exactly what he carried to that cross. And died. Don't we have an amazing Savior? 1 Peter 2, 24. Jesus himself bore our sins in his body on the cross that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds you have been healed amen please pray with me oh Lord you sought Adam and Eve in the garden and called them to repentance seek us when we wander from your holy word and give us contrite hearts to confess our sins and receive your forgiveness. Heavenly Father, your Son defeated Satan on the cross and freed us from sin and death. Protect and keep us safe from all the arrows Satan throws at us. And Heavenly Father, you created the home as the place where we are brought up in the ways of truth, goodness, and mercy. Sustain parents, grandparents, and all of us in our charge. That our homes would be places of confession and forgiveness. And Heavenly Father, you have established earthly authorities to punish evil and praise those who do good. Grant our rulers humble hearts to resist the allure of power and to worship you alone. Heavenly Father, your Son was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to suffer temptation for us. Strengthen us when we are tempted. And help us to rely on you and your word as our defense against Satan. And we pray, Father, that you do send your holy angels to protect us and to keep us in your ways that no evil may ever befall us. And we ask, Father, that you keep safe the needy, the sick, the troubled, all those that are on our prayer cross. Be with them, comfort them, heal them. And Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of baptism and bringing Ophelia to the waters that have washed her clean, and continue to be with her and help her grow in her faith. And Heavenly Father, you've given us a refuge from the world in Jesus. Protect us from all evils of body and soul, that we would find rest in you, in you alone. And we now pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, our Father, who art in heaven. father